0: What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of Can I Kick It FC. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and it's joining me is the coolest supporters group not only in MLS, not only in DC, but in women's soccer. It is the Rose Room Collective, and today joining me is Reese and Doug. How are you
1: guys doing today?
0: Pretty good.
1: I'm all right. How about yourselves?
0: I am tired as crap. I'm tired. <laughs> I
1: felt that. Yeah. And
0: like, being a teacher in Christmas break, I tell all the, I tell everyone all the time. Like between Thanksgiving to right around my birthday, that is January. No date exists. It's just sun up, sundown, and we just keep this day going.
2: <laughs> that's literally <Yeah>. how retail <laughs> life is. Like sun up, sundown. I go to work. I come home. That's it.
1: I, I have like Don't come in to till
2: February. <laughs>
1: Right. I've come to realize, do I even have an offseason? Is that a thing? I don't even think so. No, no,
0: definitely not. If you're involved in soccer at any point past There's just being no a casual season. fan, there is no such thing as an offseason because <laughs> you have supporters group end of the year meetings. You have TIFO meetings. You have front office meetings. If you do a podcast, you've got offseason shows. It's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop.
1: Yeah, we're in year one. I think we're finding out the hard way what that's like.
0: Oh my
2: god. It's it's so exhausting. Like, (laughs) what?
0: (laughs) It's like a whole other job that you don't get paid for. You're just like, why? Right, you're doing
1: this for free, your own free will. I love the game. It's a lot of that shit to power us through this.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, I mean, let me ask you guys this, like, can you just explain to the listeners, what is Rosewood Collective? How did the idea get started? Um, what's the roots of this whole organization, things like that? Whoever wants to start,
1: start.
2: Uh, Riz, you want to go? I'll or... let Doug go because you kind of like brought this
1: to me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> long story short, Aaron Bland was the person that originally had kicked around the idea of doing a supporter group a while back. We kept that idea in the back burner and then summer of 2020 happens, and we revisited that idea and thought, why not do something for non-white supporters here in this area? Because we already had been aware of groups like Black Fires, Featherstone Flamingos, Um, Tigers. Those were the groups that like really inspired me to kick around this idea. And Aaron was all in on it, so we thought, All right, let's fucking go for it. Question: Are we allowed to curse? Dude, you're already like five curse words in. At this point, <laughs> <we> <laughs> have... <That's fine. laughs> I was like catching myself there for a moment. Um, but yeah, we kicked around this idea after summer of 2020, started putting together the pieces for like the name, um, contacting folks like Riss, who I knew, who had met through Spirit Squadron. And then Sarah Colossi who was one of our other admins and co-founders who we all had our own point of views to and, and thoughts on the soccer scene. he thought, let's just tag up and do this. And so over the course of those months, figuring out the name, the, the identity, the look, the logo, all that stuff came together. And then finally went public uh, February 2021, if I remember this correctly.
0: Yeah, it was a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> so within this wild ride, like, the name rules were like, collected. I'm not going to lie, it's a dope name. Where does that come from? Is that tied into DC, or is that something you guys just thought off the clip It was just like, eh, that's kind of dope?
1: Um so a while back when we were struggling with the name one of the people that really was essential to helping us figure it out early on is rox fontaine friend of the friend of all of us i think he had given some guidelines on how he figured out certain names in the past and so i looked at different dc historical figures and then started zeroing in on duke ellington and then with duke ellington there's a song he didn't write it but he repopularized back in the 30s i want to say um called rose room And it became associated with him pretty much forever from there on out. And I just thought, oh, that's a great name. Something about that all kind of tied together. And then there's an iconic photo of Duke with a top hat, which in my brain also was, A, just looked pretty cool. It's a great photo. And B, kind of was a nice callback to our old uh, DC NASL team, the diplomats, who also would use like a top hat in their branding. So I thought kind of the way bringing that all together, it just made sense for us, like centering in on Duke Ellington.
0: That sounds that sounds pretty dope. I actually love that when I like the whole historical context of it and everything. Um, Reese, let me ask you a question since you know Doug had the whole introduction of what, <laughs> what it was. How was it introducing this to the black community? Because as we all know, soccer is somewhat of a foreign language to black African Americans, not so much our Caribbean brothers or European bro- uh, brothers and sisters, but we introduced this to the Black African-American community. What was those conversations like, and were they difficult or were they hard?
2: Um, I mean, overall, I think it was really a very accepting thing, and people were really excited about it because, like Doug said, there aren't a lot of Black supporters groups out there. Um, So I think it was really just, like, a very welcoming kind of experience for us. Um, We did have some hard conversations, but nothing... To the extent of like being upset about it, or like why are you doing this? Not from the black community itself, but very, very, very much like excited and just like ready for DC to have a supporters group for
0: black people and people of color. Word, word. Did you guys like bring any new people? Did somebody that was like they've never watched out before, but because Rose Room Co- Collective existed, they were like, oh, well, this is a safe space. Let me go join this group. Any members like that have
2: joined us thus far? I would say more probably from like the DC United side. Um, I think we have a lot of supporter, like a lot of supporters who are from the DC United side, and not not a whole lot of spirit supporters, but a lot from the DC United side came into it and kind of are fans of the spirit now.
1: That that's been one of the fascinating things too. Yeah, I think a lot of people latched on first, like seeing the DC United aspect of it, and then started kind of vibing with the spirit as they started playing their games, making their run. Everyone's like, paying attention to players like Trinity Rodman and realized, oh, this team's also super dope. So now we've kind of got people looking at both of them now.
0: Yeah, I, I will say that's one thing that I really credit you guys for. Um, because if people don't know, like, DC United, you, know, you got Brian Rava, Screaming Eagles, uh, someone, I can't remember another supporter's name, And then you have Spirit Squadron for the Washington Spirit. But it's not like one supporters group that equally supports both. And you guys are kind of that connecting bridge to both. Um, So within that, like, and I'm pretty sure other cities are different, but is there a big overlap between the two support, I mean, the two teams? Or is it kind of like, I support Washington Spirit, but I might have a different MLS team. Or I might like DC United, but I might have a different NWS team. Is, Is it? How is that dynamic? Um, have you seen y'all struggling
1: with this question? I, I, <laughs> I mean, struggling with that one. I I have met some. I'm trying to think. I've met some spirit people that have and a different MLS team. I think because there's so many less NWSL teams, there are more. There's a few more bandwagon spirit fans because that's their nearest team. Like, I think I know one person in Spirit Squadron who supports the Spirit, but actually, uh, I think supports the Union on the side for her MLS team. So kind of goes like that. I don't know. I think for DC United side, there were more people that just didn't follow NWSL period. And then they started getting more fans following the Spirit along with that ride.
2: Okay. I think that's a testament to kind of like having Andy Sullivan, who plays for the Spirit, and her husband is Drew Skundrich, So he plays for DC United. So that's a connecting factor for some people.
1: That's, okay. yeah, I think there Andy has fans here. And then when people found out, oh, her husband just joined DC, that also became a connecting bridge for that scene. All
0: right, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so real quick, I want to go back to appointment made doug you mentioned how you guys are coming up on your one uh year anniversary right of being founded back in so, february right so this is almost in the midst of right in the midst of covid we're coming six months after the george floyd decision all this stuff did any of those events impact what made it may impacted what made rosemary rosemary collective
1: um, for me personally, it was when DC United painted "I Can't Breathe" and BLM at Audi Field. They, I was invited by back when I interfaced more with Screaming Eagles to come help paint that. And my thought was, okay, DC United, if you're gonna paint sh- stuff like that, you better actually be committed to change. Don't just paint that shit there and then forget about it. Six months later, like, actually commit. That was the thing that was kicking around in my head and i personally i also didn't s- trying, to, trying to be careful with my wording here i feel like there's there i should have seen more supporters backing that message and i didn't so i thought screw it that's also part of my motivating factor for helping get rose room off the ground
0: no Reese, let me ask you actually this hearing doug say that how difficult is that for or how hard is that to hear that like the club is, and we've all seen it. We've all dealt with it. where like, the club is out here, like, oh, we support BLM, uh, or we support this, we support that. But then they kind of never have the follow-up action behind it. Like they throw this one big thing at you, but then there's no tangible things behind it that leaves a lasting impact. Um, honestly,
2: it's it's really exhausting. It's really tiring to watch a team that you support say we support you and we support black lives matter like and we're going to do these things and then five six months down the road i see nothing else and it's kind of i will say to the spirits testament um they did have conversations with us about what what are things that we can do better to you know support you guys and i will say um They did their warmups. They were protect black players. That's something that they continuously done did throughout the season. Um, But I will say that's probably the one big thing from my, that I can remember. And do correct me if I'm wrong, that they did throughout the season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And this is kind of, I don't want to jump too ahead of ourselves, but that was a big factor of why we were such huge fans of Tegan McGrady. And why she was so important to us. She was a connecting bridge to a lot of these things, and why her recent trade to San Diego was so painful on that side.
0: Still hurts. It always sucks to lose a club icon. It always sucks.
1: <sighs> Man, it still,
0: still hurts. It's going to hurt for a while. <laughs> oh, so getting into the nitty gritty of everything, obviously, we you know this past year watching this where it just won NWSL Club. So congrats to you guys. Um, Doug, I just want you to know that gift of you will live forever (laughs) forever. for those who haven't seen it um doug's arms was an expressed emotion of i'm here i don't know what to do so they were just waving all over the place i Um, loved it so much
1: I I shout out to Anibal Roldan. I love that man. God damn it! I saw that. I was like, oh, <laughs> this this is never. This is here forever. I oh, knew that the- immediately when he posted that.
0: Oh yeah, that's there forever, my man. But um, let, me, let me ask you guys this: What was it? How was it supporting a team that had so much turmoil? Turmoil with the ownership group, X players, things like that. How, how was that for you guys? Uh,
1: Risk it you was.
2: Yeah, it was like very, like I said, exhausting to watch them continuously go through thing after thing after thing, but then to also kind of see them take that and then use it on the field, and they never lost a game after Chris took over, and the fact that they made it all the way to the championship after everything that they've been through, and they're probably still not done, it's kind of crazy, like, you've gone through all of this and you still managed to win a championship, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, I was gonna say it's not even over yet, considering the mm, trying to <laughs> watch all my words. Dude has not sold. Yeah. I'm being yes. almost too nice to him. Uh it's still not over yet, but it, to go back on it, yeah, it's been absolutely insane this year doing I brought I, I was the one that brought in that sign into Audi Field and almost got kicked out by the ownership. That was kind of a crazy day, and so just keeping that in mind of like I've had oh, them story. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can't just say that and be like, I need to hear it is.
1: Um, okay, I guess for, for folks that didn't hear what happened, the 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 reporting from the Washington Post when Molly Hensley Clancy told Kaya McCullough's story along with uh the other unknown players about Richie Burke's abuse and that the higher-ups, including the ownership, knew and did not give a shit. That angered everybody here. So I took it upon myself to make a sign that says, uh, Sell the team, Steve. See, Baldwin, unfortunately, right now is still the owner of the team. I brought in my sign, snuck it in to say, you know, sell it. I got in trouble with Audi Field Security. First, it was an Audi Field, um, it was one of the, the guest services reps for Audi Field that came to talk to me. Then it became uh, another security member. I think from CSC and then it became a personnel from the team that finally asked like, Hey, can you bring the sound? I bit my tongue. and I was like, all right, I'll bring it down. And then I tried to put it up for like another 30 seconds. And CSC told me on, on the moment in a pinch, it was like, if that goes up one more time, we have to kick you out of Audi field. And unfortunately for them, the issue was that Molly Hensley Clancy and another reporter, Kelsey McKinney were right there just attending as fans. So they came immediately to talk to me about like, Oh, what the fuck just happened? And I told them everything, everything that I've been telling y'all now.
2: Unfortunately for them, that picture went viral. So in asking Doug to take the sign down, you've created more chaos because now it's all over the internet.
1: Dude did did not know, hello, Strizan effect. Google that shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh, I'm not going to lie. That's one of the more iconic photos that i remember of, of this past year of what i can remember watching the result of that and to protect the players uh tifo as well you know so kudos to you
1: doug <laughs> i i when people have been like oh you're famous oh your name's all out there i'm like i didn't want it to be for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, like, if I have to make my name famous for something, I, I guess I would rather it be for this to be like, I don't want this dip piece of shit running the team anymore. I don't want this abuse here. Like, get that trash out.
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. Like, I, unfortunately, thank God, this has to happen for Richmond. But I can only imagine, like, how conflicted it would be. You know, if you have seen incidents down, like, in Charlotte where the owner says some raises racist, and fans are just like, all right, I cut ties. Like, I'm done. And they go to another club. Um, you guys stick around for the players, but don't support the ownership. And there's no right or wrong way to do it because it's almost like a family member. Like if a family member you know's done something wrong, but in public it's like I gotta have your back. In some instances, there's some instances where you completely cut ties and you're like I'm done. Um, but I just I just imagine how tough that is for you guys. Not only because you support you started this group to support them, but the lines get blur- blurry and muddy when they do something that you know is egregious
1: and wrong so yeah it's it's yeah, been a it's, lot of sorry sorry to like
2: no you're good it's it's hard to support them and low and you're like pay for tickets and buy merge and you're giving the owner money when you're actively saying I don't want you as an owner like we you need to go so it's kind of hard to say like what what where do you draw the line? Do you stop going to games? Do you cancel your season tickets? It's it's
0: very hard to draw the line. Yeah, yeah, no, understandable. Very understandable. Um, so moving on for next week, because I know I know that sucks. So I want I want to specifically talk about this magical playoff run that you guys had. And one thing for me, you guys know I cover the sport in USL League One, but I feel like something that's not very done well in lower league soccer or in women's soccer specifically is we don't give enough love and covers or tell the romantic stories. And I mean, let's be real. The spirit was a very romantic story, for everything that happened to this team, no one would have blamed her if they would have been like, all right, we're done. Like I'm cashing out. And they kind of all pulled it together. You guys seen it in first in first person. What was the mentality of this team? What was the projection
1: of this team? Risk, you want to take that one?
0: Um, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure. I You just I kind of have the sense of, like, we're not going to let that shit stop us. It was kind of their mentality, and they were still very much communicating, like, we totally understand the actions the supporters are taking, but if y'all are still able to back us, that would be top level. Like, they were still hoping they could get support from us somehow. So we kind of had to walk that line, but I got the sense from like different interviews I've read with the team in print and in video, they just kind of rallied together and say, we're not going to let this bullshit stop us. Like we're going full steam ahead, no matter what dipshit owner tries.
2: Yeah. And I think it is a testament to taking it back to Chris Ward, you know, like they started with Richie and obviously was very toxic (laughs) environment. And Chris took over and it kind of just was like a 180 of like, just having a really positive environment and him actually caring about the players, because that's something that's really important. And I'm pretty positive that Richie didn't care about the players. Um, And it's very evident when you look back at like interviews from Chris, especially like post game and things like that, it's very apparent that he cares about the players. So I think that's definitely a testament to them being able to do so well in the second half of the season.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. So, also, we're going to move from on the field stuff because I know I'm just going to low spirit, but I want to get back to talking about you guys' supporters group. What are some things that the Rose Group Collector do in the community um, to kind of spread their name and their message?
1: For now, we've been getting, we're just trying to focus on getting our name out there and have a safe space for supporters to gather in. Um, we have a private Slack that we make it very clear for individuals that identify as non-white folks can come in i have seen admittedly i've seen some white people apply to get in and i'm like i love y'all i know who you are nah i'm sorry this ain't for you like appreciate the support you can find us to support other ways but that's not a space for you sorry yeah um russell and then obviously we um back in the challenge cup we did the um I, I'm forgetting the, the pride the Raiser project. We did. Or, we did oh, yeah. yeah we, we did the did pride raise. raiser for one of the local groups here called open goal project mm-hmm. where they're a group that works with talented kids in the community that say they don't have the funds to play soccer because, Oh, like the, the things like the health insurance is too expensive. Things like the equipment's expensive. They got to figure out rides and stuff. Open goal takes care of all of that. So all the kids have to worry about and parents have to worry about is play soccer find the talent out there and so for the challenge cup we did the pride raiser where we put together funds for every spirit goal scored all that money went to open goal back in uh god i think that was april god that feels like an eternity ago. um that was just this first year we've been kicking around other other ideas for 2022 but haven't figured that out yet okay, okay. i think a lot of our focus for the first year was just existing
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah existing. that's how we're making goes. it through the year <laughs> is gonna be there. Make sure that we have at least more than two members at games. We need at least three. Better yeah. deal of that. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. Um, so I want to ask you guys both this question: When it comes to creating that safe space for non-white people, what does that look like for someone that is interested in making a space for them? And I'm pretty sure you guys have gotten the pushback or even questioned yourself: Like, am I doing this the right way? Um, Can you just talk on that a little bit? I think it was just really important
2: for us to create that safe, safe space for, you know, people of color because we don't have that, you know, Twitter is an open void, Instagram's an open void, Facebook's an open void, but there's nothing specifically for people of color to have that safe space to talk about soccer, to talk about other things Um, And I think that was just really important for us that that was a space for just people of color. You can still support us if you are not a person of color, but that is specifically just for people of color.
1: Yeah. I've had moments where I sometimes wonder like, is this the right approach? Mm -hmm. Is this the way to go about it? I'm honestly find myself asking that every other day. Um, One person who I asked this even uh, back in Chicago when I saw him, uh is kyle carr who i know you know <laughs> and i asked him was like how often do you ask yourself if like you're doing the right thing and he was like all the time <laughs> i was like okay great it's not just me
0: i don't know we all go through it man
1: hey look any black person in a supporters
0: group if you don't find yourself asking the question like is this the right move or am i going to be judged by this something's not right
1: <laughs> i I mean, I've definitely gotten judgments and questions of like, "Why did this thing exist?" But honestly, depending on who's asking, like, there's feedback I've seen that I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you got a very good point." And then there's others that, for lack of a way to say it, I don't give. I don't need to give a shit about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understand. I totally feel you on that. Um, so obviously, we're coming up. I said it before. We're coming up on one year anniversary. What is Rosewood?
1: collective looking to do going into year two. Rest do you or
2: do you want me to? Um, I mean, I know that we haven't like all fully talked about what we want to do in 2022. I think we kind of want to f- continue what we have been doing and probably just to get out into the community a little bit more pending, you know, like things of COVID and whatnot. But
1: I think one idea I've had in mind and one thing I want to do, I want to we were very spirit centric for the later half of the season, obviously, with everything going on. Um, I would like to try to engage more in the d c United side of things, like because we've had some contact with the Black Player Collective over on the MLs side. And I would love to cultivate a strong relationship with like one or two of the d c United players like we did with Tegan on the Spirit side, and we just haven't had the bandwidth to do that. And ideally, down the line, we can. Figure that one out. There's been some stuff there, but we just there's only so many hours in day, and we only have had so much time, especially the way this year went. Yeah,
0: very true, very true. I feel you. I feel you. I feel
1: you.
0: Um, any last things before we wrap up? Um,
2: if you haven't donated to the Black Women's Player Collective, do that.
0: <laughs> this is yeah. Real quick, can we talk about that? that because no one else would. Yes, let's
2: let's talk me. about that. So. The Black Women's Player Collective is a group of women from the league who decided to make this collective. And if you haven't donated, you should probably go ahead and donate because that helps them. Um, I will say we actually did. It was something really cool we did. For my birthday, actually, I said, you know, what? I don't really want anything, but I'm going to ask you to donate to the, women's pl- the Black Women's Player Collective. And I think I didn't get totals from everyone who donated from, to it but i want to say we got a little bit over close of like 500 dollars.
1: that is amazing and that was definitely. not planned like risk just it was not planned at all off. i just
2: like <laughs> i threw it off the wall i was like hey let's do this and it kind of just like spiraled and i like i said i didn't get totals from everyone but it definitely got over the 500
0: range that's what's a that's amazing, especially doing it off the cuff. You know, I give my hats off to you and everything like that. Oh, well, that actually brings a question in my head. I'm sorry. I know I was about to wrap up the show, but I feel like this is an important question. For someone such as myself that doesn't have a local woman team to support that is new to women's soccer, because as some media folks don't want to tell you, there's a huge difference between men's soccer and women's soccer. They are two totally different sports. You have to treat them as such. Um, and someone that is that focuses on the men's sport, that is looking to get into the women's sport, not dominate but looking to enjoy it and understand it, how would you explain it to them? How to understand the the game of women's soccer, but also to be intentional in that support as well. Oh, that's
1: a good question.
2: That's a good question.
1: <laughs> um. I don't know if Chris has the answer yet.
2: I I guess I would say if you if you don't have a team that's kind kind of close to you, or if you do, I would say at least like go to one game, see how the um what is the word I'm looking for the vibe is. If if we're gonna say like check the vibe, and if you like it, continue to watch it. There's multiple ways for you to watch it they stream on twitch they stream on paramount plus they have games on cbs when they are on cbs um there's definitely ways for you to check it out it's not like a a a secret
1: (laughs) i think on what i've noticed in the differences between like men's and women's soccer club scenes is that there is a stronger sense i think there's been a stronger sense of community on the women's side among supporter groups just knowing because Especially this year showed there's so many common battles everyone's had to face that everyone's realized, okay, yeah, we might be enemies for 90 minutes, but off the field everyone's been pretty chill with each other. Like and I notice a generally a stronger sense of community, especially with like everything that's been going on this year. I would say I'm trying to think of a a good way to summarize that. There's a little bit, I think, more respect for everybody else across all scenes. Then when the whistle goes, it's all at war, obviously. <laughs> like like seeing like people i know this you're like ebony we always got along great ebony christmas for those that are maybe new and not listening she's an amazing supporter for the north carolina courage like always had a great time before and during before and after games it's just you know once that whistle goes we don't even know each other (laughs) i don't know you (laughs) yeah no i don't know who you are but yeah it can it's been pretty
0: cool like that this season that's how I know. Let's use the IOs. All right, I promise this is that that was the last question I have. Um, for those that are looking to get in contact with Roseroom Collective or are looking to support their own start their own supporters group, where can they reach out to you guys at and also Rose Collective on the socials?
1: Um Roseroom Socials. We're on Twitter and Instagram. It's Roseroom Co. on Twitter, Roseroom Collective on Instagram. Our socials are there, and then I'm at Reyes Cerone on Twitter.
2: Um, and then I am at risk underscore
0: Willet.
1: The, the newly um, married, uh, um, yeah, the well, newly
2: married.
0: married. Hey, hey! hey. As always, um, yeah. Just want to say thank you guys for taking the time out of your day um, for hopping on the pod with us. I know you guys had probably yeah. had to fight through a little bit of DC traffic, but I thank you guys for it. I appreciate was- you having us.
1: Yeah, thank you. I've been a fan of this show for a while, so it's exciting to be here for the first time.
2: Listen, I'm glad to get back on it. Second time's a charm.